It's Gentleman Jack Crack. Cue that fucking jaunty music. Nineteenth-century groveling, groveling, groveling. Good lord. And at this point, Ann Walker is laughing. She is smiling. The vibes have changed from sad vibes of what was happening in Scotland to hilarious vibes of what Anne was up to in Denmark. Right. She was like, oh, yeah, I should should go back one day back to Denmark. And Anne Walker soaks in what she heard, drinks in the last of that laugh and and says, you know, perhaps I could come with you. And I'm like, oh, oh. Friendly people, those Danes. Well, it's like she slips back out of her reverie. Like in a moment, she's smiling and she's holding her hand. She's like, oh, my God, this funny story. But then as she gets to the end of it, it's like she's back to the realization of I actually don't know what's happening here and what the future of this is. And I'm actually back to being pensive because what? Because the way she just kind of puts her head down, she's like, friendly people, the Danes. You know, I should definitely go back one day. And cute little Ann Walker. Maybe I um. If I could just, perhaps I could go with you. I mean, if, you know, we do get up to some things in the carriage, Anne. <laughs> and Anne's face is like, wait up, hold up, wait up, hold up. Because you should know by now that I don't travel with bitches. That ain't my wife. So right. what is you saying, Ann Walker? What are you telling to me? And I feel like this is the first stage of Ann Walker's three-stage proposal to Ann Lister in her way. Uh, so Ann Walker hears Ann Lister say that, you know, the things are friendly that she should go back there one day and you know ultimately she she takes that little opportunity to mention to Lister, you know perhaps I could come along with you Ann Walker's being super timid and that's kind of like who she is from what we've learned but this is only a piece better than well you know Elizabeth says a good friendship <laughs> is better than any marriage and Anne's like what are you saying and I just feel like I don't know Anne Walker is working herself up to being more direct about what the fuck she wants but in my mind she already knows what she wants she's just trying to do that thing where she lets Anne feel like she has control even though she's trying to take control in her own way I don't know those are my thoughts um you guys let me know if you agree or disagree but yeah that's that's where I'm at with that uh, so she decides to step it up uh, a notch when she she does when she decides to say to Enlister, you asked me to marry you if you like essentially if you would ask me again I wouldn't she wouldn't say no she's like yeah bitch if you would have popped that question one more again I just want you to know from the bottom of my knickers that I would not say no and my heart and of course and my heart not just my knickers and poor Um, Enlister, my gosh like the the throws in which she goes through because she's like you know I've I've been here she absolutely has not been here. Sorry, I just have to push back because this is the most aggressive Ann Walker has ever been. This is the most direct outside of her being like, take off those goddamn brace. And Ann Lister being like, no. (laughs) God would frown upon it. She's not been this direct. Most of the time where, you know, I mean, outside of the scene where she basically is asked by Ann Lister to be like, like, go take the sacrament sort of thing. And she's figuring it out in her head. But the entire time she's figuring it out, she's figuring it out accurately. She's like, so this is a proposal? So this is marriage? Okay, I like this. But we've never seen her be this straightforward about anything to do with the marriage, which is, I think, why she got Ann Lister fucked up in her face. Because she's like, what? We talking about asking proposals, but she does in that way that gives Ann Lister control. Because she's not saying, let's take the sacraments, let's run off and be wives together. She is being like, hello. I'm just letting you know because I know you have a thing about asking because I really do feel like for Ann Lister, it would matter. Who did the asking? She's like, hey, just FYI. 
in case you weren't sure, in case you weren't aware. Like, if you were to ask that question again, it wouldn't be what you think it is. Hey, I could, I could, I could pick that up. I just felt like she flirting with this idea of being wed and taking a lady's hand in marriage. Like, she's been there thinking that she, as the initiator, saying, will you come with me? Will you stay with me? Come with me in Shibden. And, you know, just forget about everything else. Because she's definitely heard, you know, of course I'll stay in Shibden with you. When Charles dies, like she's heard, like there's Don't been Mariana into this I shit. Good to. lord! Because in the hilltop scene, because I, there's no way that someone could tell me that Anlis is not even a little bit thinking of Mariana. Hell no! I mean, this could be an argument. I don't know. Team Mariana versus Team Ann Walker versus whatever the fuck, Team Messi. For people who just want to argue, I say hell no. I say personally for me, and this is my headcanon of just like the show, but also life, that the presence, the vision, and the reality of Ann Walker is too big and too all-consuming for Anne from this moment for her to be thinking about Mariana. Mariana for what? She was just like, she literally said to Mariana some months ago, let's do it. Let's just do it now. Let's just fucking do it. Let's just run away. Let's live together. Let's go to Shipton, whatever. Leave Charles. And of course, Mariana, even though she was feeling salty about another woman taking her place, she was like, when Charles dies. And so in my mind, Ann Lister is like, I'm done with Mariana because that situation was so unsavory when they was hanging out on the first leg of her trip that she's not trying to go back there. Either she's resigning herself like we've seen in different entries. Like, I'm just going to go it uh, alone. I guess I'm just going to be a bachelor for the rest of my life. I can't deal with women, not at all. And then she would oscillate back and forth between I'm going to be by myself to I'm definitely going to find her wife and she's going to be rich. But in my mind, I just don't see how there's space for Mariana in this scene. Like, I would certainly hope not. If someone was saying something to you in which it was about y'all, if you or that other person was thinking about a third, wouldn't that bother you? Because that also means you're not paying full attention. If someone else is on your brain who's not the person who's talking to you in that moment. But that's just, that's that's my opinion. I, I it would piss me off to get confirmation that what... Ann Lister had Mariana cross her fucking mind for extended moments while Ann Walker was talking about this. I hear that, but... I mean, how many other women, if we're saying Alice is thinking of no other woman, I mean, but we also know that she's uneasy hearing these words from Ann Walker. And it has to be because she's been close to a version of what she thought was bliss or happiness that she thought she found in another woman by them reaching or achieving a certain level or degree of their fraternization. So you, we can't, it's hard to math the hurt that Ann Lister's fighting through without taking into account previous hurts. No, I see what you're saying. I just don't, I personally don't perceive that Mariana would be heavy on the mind because that doesn't make sense. For me personally, I'm like, Shibden is on the line. The pit is fucked up. Her brain was completely there. And then she is literally shocked and smacked with this image of Ann Walker and what's coming out of her mouth. And so I just don't know why Mariana would come up unless it's within the context at the end of the scene that she did say yes. And the last conversation I had with Mariana essentially was laughing at the fact that this would never happen. And so that is the only context I could see it. I don't see within a way that she would make comparisons just because that feels toxic. And if you're in love with someone else, there's no reason why someone else should be occupying your brain when you're in the throes of a conversation, an emotional conversation with someone you're in love with. So that's just that's me. That's so, my perspective. So but. swimming in a sea of L's would be 
I get it. So that's more than enough to keep her wary. Because of the that's fact. presuming that Mariana was on her mind when she's on the boat. I don't necessarily think that either. Like I just think that there's been enough time, enough passage of time, and we haven't seen anything that she's writing Mariana. That Mariana's not on the mind. She's been like, I gotta get you out of my head. And if anything, stay the fuck away from Halifax because other things here might remind me that you exist. But as long as I'm out here jaunting with these other people, making new friends, then I don't have to think about the fact of what I consider my my little life or my failed life back in Halifax because I don't have a wife and I don't have these things. But again, that's just my opinion. On Anne, because I'm like, Mariana on the brain. What? With blue sleeved of thirst, Anne Walker? Bugatti Anne Walker standing right in front, ready for the grubbles. I mean, do we have to go back? Do we have to go back to how Anne Walker was so sprung for the grubbles? She fucked up Ann Lister and was like, this bitch man keen. She's man keen. And I can't believe that women like her exist in the first place. So no, I push back on that just because I, I wouldn't. For my personal self, I don't see how it could happen if I was no longer enthralled or inveigled in a person to the same degree that I was. And we've done enough episodes of historical nightcaps showing, and I think proving, that Anne's feelings to Mariana had absolutely changed Oh yeah, for the definite, for the forever, in a certain kind of way. And outside of some you know, random plea she made when she was vulnerable from having a situation go wrong with Ann Walker. She wasn't about it, about it with Mariana. And she had moved on to be like, I'm gonna get another bitch, a richer bitch. Lady Stewart, Lady Gordon, all those ladies she was trying to court to get connections. I think Mariana stopped being that person. Unless, of course, she was the last resort, which... Can Mariana be upset about that, considering she made Anne the last resort? I don't know. Yeah, I could see her finding a way to make that Anne's problem. But fortunately for us, as wary as Anne Lister is... Especially now, hearing what she's hearing in the new mind frame, I'll put it in for myself a new mind frame of swimming in a sea of L's as far as her estate, her ventures, business, the way she's basically seen in Halifax. And the fact that um she's no longer riding the highs in, in uh, Copenhagen. When she hears Ann Walker say that, you know, if she were asked again that she wouldn't say no, she turns and says, hmm, but would you say yes? Right. This is question number two, which I think is great because it's about rhetoric and semantics. So there's a difference between not saying no and saying yes versus, you know, sort of being pulled into a thing like, OK, versus affirmatively taking that thing and wanting that thing. And so I like that Ann Lister is looking for clarification because she kind of has a look of disbelief like you, you with the fruit basket. Wait a minute, because I went to my knees. I went to my knees one last time, and One last time before you went to Scotland, and you just cried. You fell into a puddle, and you cried, and then I cried, because I was like, why? Then I shook my finger at God. So I'm just saying, like, Alice was like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, so you just said you wouldn't say no. Okay, um, let me get a little closer. But, 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 but does that mean you would say yes? Does that mean you would say yes? And of course, Ann Walker's like, yeah, yeah, it does. Let me get a little closer. And then Lister's still like, but hold up, hold up, hold up. Okay, you said all that. But <laughs> I just need to confirm the sacrament. You you take the sacrament with me? Like, is that what we doing? Or we go in the full Monty of commitment as wives? And I love that. And of course, she's like in church, like with me in church and mean that shit too. Like mean your yes, mean that you want to stay and mean taking the sacrament. Like you want all this shit. And then of course, Ann Walker does what she needs to do. She's like, look, I love you. I do. I honestly love you. And I've loved you forever since I was 14. I mean, I'm paraphrasing y'all. Y'all already know. But she's basically like, listen, bitch, I love you. Don't you know? Like, I'm here for the shits. Not only do I love you, I'm in love with you. And I have always loved you. So that you know what that means, Anne? Aww. That's past, present, and future, bitch. That is what it is. And Anne is like, okay, I'm about to cry. And uh, I don't know. This is the best look for tears. So... <laughs> 
Let me just try to get my shit together. I keep switching from poor Ann Walker to poor Ann Lister. It's just like, this is a good scene. It's meaty. It's meaty as hell. Me dealing with the fact that Ann Walker was getting her words of affirmation after saying, you know, she she had a bad time when she was by her sisters and the captain and she had hit lows. It was like there's not a there wasn't an hour that went past that I wasn't thinking of you. And then it's it's now, double affirmation. Right, it's like right. But that's what happens when two bitches still thirsty for each other and you're playing games. Like we are here with like propriety, with protection. Like I'm trying to not be completely vulnerable. I'm trying to make sure I keep something safe. When really they was both still sprung to the umpteenth degree and slowly letting each other know the degree of sprungness. But you know, we can't forget the the basket, the fruit basket of indecision. As we called it, because that's why that's why Alistair was like, okay, but will you say it and mean it and stick to that shit? Like, will it still be true tomorrow? Will it still be true a week from now? She's like, bae, yeah, I'm trying to tell you. I figured it all out in Scotland. <laughs> like, I was overexposed to the hotness and it has set me the fuck straight. Let me tell you that. And not straight in the traditional way. Straight in the way that I never want to be straight again. <laughs> I mean, best of, best of luck. I mean, if there's a place where I can uh, apply for a mutually thirsty sacrament companionship uh isn't that what you y'all want? can meet me at, at the church bring a candle y'all can meet me at the church and so of course um you know ants 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 everywhere and nowhere all at the same time uh she's wait can we move it's pretty this? fucking romantic yeah. no yeah it's romantic she's caressing a cheek and looks like she might and by this, I mean Ann Lister. Looks like she might fall the fuck apart. She's like, my cheeks get caressed. I'm the one being handled. Oh, my God. Because she's a mess. Let's be honest. Like, she was on that boat for how long? She mm-hmm. yoked up Dr. Kenny. She didn't even brush her hair. She only been to the necessary one time. And so she is not in the place. She is not in the outfit and the state of mind to have her shit together in a way that she could try to play off Ann Walker's thirst. That's not possible in this moment. So Ann Walker confesses her love in the past, present, and future, literally all of time and realms, which is so romantic. And at this point, I feel like this has got to be everything, the kind of confirmation that Ann Lister has been looking for because of what she says to Mariana about the kind of person she wants to spend her, I believe the phrase is evening hour. Evening hour sounds like the last legs of my life. <laughs> but, you know, that could also just mean the evening hour in which the grubbles go down. But then again, if you're a Lister, grubbles can happen at any time. So let me roll that back. But, you know, what she has said and expressed to Mariana in other situations where she's like, I want someone who fucking loves me and actually wants to be with me, Mariana, not their husband, not some other shift of propriety, but actually me. And we could spend our years together and do that whole thing as wives who are also companions and friends. And so Ann Walker saying that line is basically like, here's the final answer. Like, I just feel like it's the it's the final ring that one has to get into to be like this. I'm all in, bitch. That's what the fuck I said. But let me tell you again, because I do realize I did send you fruit baskets of indecision and that you are still a bit dramatized. <laughs> what was that phrase she used? I am wretchedness itself in that letter oh my my goodness and look at this turnaround that we are seeing right now and then uh, kind of like clockwork i guess because ann walker has answered this question now several times in several ways in all the ways she's like bitch this is it this is it this is what we doing that ann lister has that moment and honestly this might be one of my best moments in the show because i just i can't even deal with how much i love this moment the way that it's played what is said the fact that ann lister went here and i'm like y'all really about to be y'all really about to be wives because in that moment we potentially have the most vulnerable moment we've ever had of ann lister period 
I would say, outside of her shaking a finger at God and just sobbing, then we've had the entire series. Because, as I said earlier, you know, the whole I'm always all right or whatever, I'm not going to acknowledge it, I'm Ann Lister, of course I'm fucking fine. When she says, don't hurt me to Ann Walker, and she just kind of like, falls into her hand a little bit. It is It is a desperate don't hurt me. It is the finger shaking don't hurt me. It is, I have been through years of this since I was a young lady running around with the grebels with Mariana. I have had my heart broken so many fucking times that I don't know, bitch! I don't know if I can do this. And then she follows it up with... Like, I'm strong, but not that strong. I mean, that was that was sweet and sensitive and vulnerable as fuck. And I'm like, I like it. But then, of course, she gets very endlister with the humor in a way that is absolutely charming, where she's like, you know, don't hurt me. I'm not as strong as you think. Well, I am, obviously, but sometimes I'm not. And I'm just like, ah! And so that's one of my favorite lines in the show, I just have to say, because it just it just encapsulates Ann Lister so well and how she operates and moves. And I feel like for me, some ways it encapsulates me. I know I've made a lot of comparisons to myself in terms of Ann Lister and like type A personality things or whatever. But that's part of it, like people who are very self-sufficient. And you're just used to being self-sufficient because of whatever in life that has created that, that when you let someone else in to then maybe have that same role that you just give yourself of self-sufficiency, that's the type of vulnerability. And you're like, yo, you could, you could really hurt a bitch. You could really hurt a bitch. And I just hope you don't because I could take it, but also I can't take it. That's what I'm saying. I could take it, but I can't take it. All right. Not from you. I could take it. And Walker, but I can't. Okay, so please. Inside my heart is breaking. Sorry, that is uh, <laughs> a <laughs> reference and a Mulan reference. My makeup <laughs> may be flaking. This is me watching the final scene because I I get caught up every single time I look at the hilltop scene, y'all. Well, you did better than me. In my head, I was doing uh, what is love? But you know, <laughs> oh my but, god! <laughs> oh my god! But um, this this is this then is they, it. Then the they swell. do no, this, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the, the music swells. <laughs> the the camera starts to do the thing, and and they like I'm putting. I'm putting my hands together, you guys. But then they kiss. They kiss. HBO this kiss. This kiss. Who uh, sang that? What was that song? Was oh, that's, 90s. that's Faith Hill. That's right. <laughs> but, but this is HBO and BBC oh One giving us, the viewers, a non-het couple who are the leads in the series. The kiss on the finale. This kiss. And not only is it like the kiss in the finale, it is like we get the full het treatment. Yes. The full nonsense that the hets always get. We get that shit. It's like camera crane, swoop up, baby. Let's see the whole fucking landscape. All right. This is gay. And it's beautiful and it's wholesome. All right. Stare was, at it. I Stare at like, it. They're going to be wives. This is what they've been going for all these years? Is is this what I was supposed to be feeling? Is this what it feels like is to it, watch for fulfilling content Like, is with this a queer what couple? the notebook is for, like, right? the Right? Is this the notebook? <laughs> I need oh to my know. God. Oh, my God. Any heads who might be listening, although according to the Spotify metrics, there's not any. I mean, maybe one percentile. But if you are listening, heads, please write in. Was this the equivalent of, like, the notebook for y'all? Because I would like to know. Right. Like, is this... Jay McGuire. Like, what is this? What is the het equivalent? I know I made comparisons. Was it on the Patreon or pre- previous episode when I was talking about Last of the Mohicans? Because it's such a sweeping Feel like movie with Patreon. like similar. Was it Patreon? I'm going to have to visit that and see if I need to bring back those faults about the aesthetics of the fucking finale. This kiss, this kiss. Of and, course, wait, it, what are the lyrics? I feel like they would be appropriate. I need to. It's the way you love me. It's a feeling like this. It's, it's centrifugal motion. It's perpetual bliss. It's that pivotal moment. It's ah, impossible. This kiss, this kiss. 
Unstoppable. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Exactly. Uh, shout out to Faith Hill. <laughs> and her 90s jam. So yeah, they kiss. It's beautiful. The cinematography, the shots, the crane, the vibes, the emotions, the clouds yes. in the background. Like it is like they do the whole head twisty. Like we get the full Hollywood romance treatment complete with the camera crane pushing out past the kiss. And it's like, just look at the grounds. And I'm like, is that Anne's grounds? It's like the stuff they own because I would just like to be looking upon now that's, that the queer, the queer ownings, the queer lands to be like they these two houses are coming together like Game of Thrones, but they're queer houses. And now we have Shibden and Crow's Nest. And we know Crow's Nest is basically the golf course to Anne's she shed. But still, you combine the two and you got, and this is me being ridiculous because I have no idea, two thirds of Halifax. No, that's not right. One third of Halifax. <laughs> Something to make the Rawsons mad. And then you just have all Why the men. Why does she have anything dipping into her purse? <laughs> you give all the men permission to shoot anyone in the name of Ann Lister. Well, we've been doing that. <laughs> and Ann Walker, in the name of the Ann. Yes, in the name of the Ann. And Lilith. <sighs> We've been caught up in the scene. So what happens after the? Where do we go? Oh, are we at the het wedding? Uh, yes. mm. Well, mm. what we'll say is that it's a splicing of two separate events that are happening at essentially one is, one the is same heterosexual. time. One is heterosexual. One is extremely less interesting. Extremely heterosexual. And then het. And then the other is um. And it's also boring as hell. Benign. Like I don't. Well, yeah. I, I feel like it's boring as hell because I'm like, first of all, Thomas, I don't give a goddamn about yeah. <laughs> your your wife. Like. Like, I'm so glad you killed your daddy because we had to get that abuser out the house. But as for where your life goes in the future, sir, I wish you the best of luck. But also, I don't need to see it. I don't need to see what you and your new wifey, because I forgot her name, are up to. I don't care. And honestly, I might be a little salty if they bother to check the fuck in <laughs> on the new Soudans. Because I just, like, I understand a certain degree of, of checking in because, of course, they left that whole, like, cliffhanger we're going to get to about, oh, murder, lies. Right. The but at the same time, we don't got to see, Thomas. it don't got to be a day-to-day. -day. It don't have to be a day-to-day no, -day happening with Thomas. It could be every six months this was happening with Thomas. Okay, every three months. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I don't really care. Life's going to stress Thomas out and eventually he'll turn to the drink and then he's going to accidentally say that he killed his father. So... There you are. That's the het information you need for series two. We really don't need it, but that's what's probably going to happen. I feel like everyone in the scene was like, how do? How do? How do? How do? Um, so people say hello it, for weddings. Right. So everyone's sort of dressed in their wedding best. And Thomas is looking for the ring because he wants the ring bearer to have it. And of course, the uncle has it, but exactly like he doesn't. Yes. And, and he, Captain Lister has come by to say that uh, Anne cannot make it because she had a previous engagement. And I'm like, a marriage with Miss okay. Walker. How right you are, Captain Lister. In York, which of course is where they go to get married. Right. So of course she sends her best or whatever. We see Washington's wife arrive with their gaggle of girls because apparently she's only had girls. <laughs> and we know this because Anne was like, well done. Well done. But right. he informed her and the mom does not look happy at all. She's like, I'm marrying my eldest to a scrub. And I married a scrub. So what are we doing? <laughs> Lord, Lord. <laughs> she's like, bitch, the patriarchy Two is a strikes, lie. But I got three more the girls. The patriarchy so is a lie. Right. She's like, what am I do? But I'm going to be extra careful with the girls we got left. Mm -hmm. So she's definitely looking salty. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's in the running, but, you know, the next girl in line loves to talk to pigs. So who's to say listen, who she's bringing listen. home? Who's to say what she's bringing home? A girl. Oh, well, let's hope. Maybe. Why <laughs> right. not? You know? Let's hope. She looks like she's into man's work. Right. No, you well, never, yeah. ever yeah. know. 
Like go go say hi to Charlotte. Charlotte was watching analysts to do man's work on the on the farm and never know. Yeah. And so I feel like once we cut away from the hat shenanigans in Halifax, we get to cut to Anne and Anne in a carriage. I'm just gonna say it's Anne Walker's Bugatti. I don't know if it is, but it probably is. And they're putting rings. They're putting mm-hmm. rings on each other's fingers, you guys. They're in the they're in the Gruber. And they're, they're in like, the Gruber. They're necking. They're in the Gruber. First of all, let's let's the specify. The partition is raised. No, let's specify. It's Ann Walker saying, "Java roll of the partition, <laughs> please." Y'all don't want to see Miss Walker on her knees, or should we say Miss Lister, Lister Walker? I don't know what they're doing with the last names, but I'm gonna just say, fine, we'll keep it Miss Walker. Y'all don't want to see Miss Walker, Mrs. Lister, whatever we're about to do on her knees because. You can't tell me that while they were in there exchanging rings, the Ann Lister wasn't the one looking all bashful and Ann Walker wasn't the one giving oh, the eyes oh. saying, I'm willing to risk it all for a Bugatti L. Listen, remember, you remember what we did when we were on our way to the Black Swan Inn? Remember what right. you did in the carriage? You told Look me. Look at these eyes. Look at right. these bedroom eyes. Look at these bedroom <laughs> eyes. Kiss me, bitch. And Ann Lister's like, I will oblige. You're going to have to buy new braids. Because these braids are going away and you're not going to find them. I feel them. like Ann Walker was like, there are no braids. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my dear. Right. There's no braids. As soon as we hit the honeymoon, bitch, I'm ready to go because I've been waiting at this point because we know it's been a while, a year, to see you out them damn brace. And you told me I couldn't see it until we were married. So, and that's another thing, like, later in the scene when Anna's like, we got to do all this shit. She's like, no, what we got to do uh-huh. is get back to the pool talk. Right. All right. We do that and unpack. And then I guess we could start going around town and letting people know that we're wives. But yes, yeah, so that scene happens in the carriage. It's super cute. And I just love that they're sharing these cute kisses. Like they're taking these secret kisses inside the carriage because they're totally out in daylight. But sometimes you just got to let the love flourish and flow. And again, I have to point out how Ann Walker always looks like the one ready to risk it all, ready to go to jail, ready to end up at the gallows. I know Ann Lister says she'd go to the gallows, but I'm like, I think Ann Walker would go to the gallows too for um, some love and oh. So let's not forget that. As they put each other's rings, they kiss each other's hands with the ring. It's all perfectly goddamn adorable. Mm-hmm. And they kiss each other. And Ann Lister's looking very bashful. And again, Ann Walker, extremely thirsty. Extremely thirsty. I feel like she only has two things on her mind. And from there, we cut to them exiting the carriage to enter the church, to take the sacrament and all that. And we get, you guys, we get the best fourth wall break of the entire series. And dare I say, dare I say, the entire show. I know we've not seen season two, but I just, I don't know how they could top that fourth wall scene, fourth wall break. Yes. So aside from, I would say my closest number two would be that I haven't decided yet fourth wall break when we find out all the nonsense and tomfoolery that uh, Ainsworth was up to as far as how he was uh, grooming and Walker. And we were like, oh no, harm needs to be done to whoever this is. So aside from that, and it wasn't a happy feeling. It was more like the misandry is coming and I can't wait. So that was the degree of that fourth world break. But this one is like, look who It's the smile. Right. It's look. the smile. She did it. She got the girl. Got everything I wanted. She got the wifey. Right. And she's paid. Right. Like, and she's I, hot. I she's get, like, bitch, I'm getting it's my what you, when you do that. Right. She didn't know anything about the slots, but it's like the perfect slot hit. No, You're right. like, beauty. Is it money? Is it hot? Like, she got everything that was on her list of things she wanted in a woman. And so, deserving of that big, beaming smile that Saran Jones gives. And I think I said this on the Patreon, but I feel like that was a one-and-done take. Like, I don't know what take that was with that particular smile. I just feel pretty fucking confident that when she did it, Sally and everyone else was like, cut! Print! Shoot! We got it! This is it! This is the shot! This is the one! 
Saran, you're incredible. Uh, so yeah, it splices into uh, the vows being read off with the heads. And so Thomas is listening to, you know, all of the will you love and honor. And you can hear the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's a lot. It's only me. <laughs> I don't know why it's, I did this. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, I And he's, you know, being a good sport about whatever he's hiding. His Is demons. He, he's sweating. He like, bitch, I'm in church and I'm a whole ass murderer. Lord, about to take these vows when I am telling lies. But who gives a damn about Thomas's murdering ass and his head trauma? Because he gets to take his vows. And that's what's so ridiculous about this whole thing is that literally they were like, oh, we just live right over here next to each other. He was a boy. She was a girl. Can I make it any more obvious? Yeah, we don't know why. Literally, there were no other suitors for Thomas. Right. If there were other girls his age that he could find interest in, guess what? They weren't in town. They weren't around Halifax. So the pickings are slim. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've talked about this a little bit. I don't know what Sally's creative ideas were behind juxtaposing or the juxtaposition of those scenes that it's ultimately so easy to like be married as a het. Versus a queer couple when we think about just how this whole thing went with Thomas and his bride-to-be. But then also maybe maybe to show that, well, I don't know, that each ceremony is of equal importance, even though they're different. I mean, I suppose that's something that could be said. I would even say the Anne's ceremony felt more intimate because it was like tied intrinsically with their faith and like that aspect of themselves. But yeah, I... I feel like on my first seven watches, I was really annoyed by the intersplice like, scenes of the heads. Right. I'm just like, move, you're in my way. But I've tried to like take a more mature academic approach to, well, you know, maybe Sally Wainwright was trying to get to this concept of heterosexuals taking marriage for granted in a certain kind of way because it can just happen. Like it's just you signed a book and there it is. Here's the book. I signed it. We got the certificate. We did the thing. It's what everyone expected and it's over. I like what is being amplified. It's like, look at this thing that this one group of people can do and they're basically rubbing it in the faces of those who cannot because this is when the heavier arguments for the sacrament but wait a minute are they rubbing it in the face when they don't even know gay women exist like when they're like that's not what happens (laughs) well this is what god is approving and this other thing is happening that i guess God is approving a loophole version of a thing that's happening over there. Especially with, I feel like one of the popes said something really stupid recently, but I'm not even going to get into that. Where, of course, they're confusing uh, pedophilia with uh, same-sex love. And it's like, well, I, we, you can't bless a sin. I'll look that up later. I, I, I That was a mess of a story. Oh, I thought you were about to veer off into what the Vatican recently said about the gays. That's what I was think looking for and thinking of, but it was basically like we we can't the bless Vatican the sin. Can kiss that. I said bless the sin. But y'all been blessing each other forever for Oof. centuries, but whatever. I'm asleep. Let me not Oof. go off on a fucking Catholic tangent. I just hope that no quiz are out there taking the current pope's word as literal gospel. Right? Let's not conflate that. So for us watching it at first, initially, it was like, look at this one ceremony with all this purpose and value behind it. And look at this. Um, I, I don't know why. This this is this other ceremony that I guess. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the, the head marriage was really kind of sterile and it was it seemed to be about legalities and like these this process that of course you know thomas and shorty doo-wop have some kind of feeling for each other but i also don't think it compares on any level to the intensity of feelings that exist between our ends because how could it especially with how their courtship is gone just so like hey like literally avril lavigne so you're a girl and I don't hate you. Oh, you're a boy and I don't hate you. We got to do this head thing eventually. So why don't we do it right <laughs> now? <laughs> like, why not? You're fun. 
And the fact that this wasn't like a regular day to do service at church, it was like communion Sunday. It was like, we are going to ingest the body of Christ and drink in the blood. So to preface, I'll say that not everyone who attends church will take part in this ceremony because that's something you don't do until you feel like you're ready to do that. So it speaks to the the plunge aspect of what both ends were doing it's true i feel like we've got to mention the outfits but i just have to point out which i'm sure everyone is keenly aware that ann lister was in blue mm-hmm. blue and my favorite type of blue because it was the same blue from when ann walker was like shut the door <laughs> you stay all night um and ann was like look what this blue does to you but i i just wanted to point out some uh, fashion notes because she does have on the blue and that's fantastic and i feel like that's indicative of her mood and that red heart pin thing that she's had in the center of her cravat for a lot of their major dates in terms of like the chamois, her courtship initially when she was like pocket holes what's that I don't know but also let me tell you because it's kind of a dirty story <laughs> and so I just liked those wardrobe notes that were happening there right she's held on to it for as long as she had it would be it would be a nice touch if it was visible in one of the shots yeah so Anne has that beautiful red heart brooch and the blue and a lovely top hat and of course and Walker is in some uh, sort of neutral tone, some gold, which I'm like, regal as fuck, bitch. That's the way to step into your wedding day. And I'm pretty sure the gondola pin is there. And it's like these two objects, these two symbols of love that they have worn throughout the series. And, you know, kind of these lovely cues that queer people have to do to, like, signify their love in a time where you just can't be completely out loud with it the way other people can. And so I appreciate the attention to detail on this fucking show, on this fucking set, with everyone who is a part of it, especially the wardrobe and set people who make sure that these little things keep reappearing appropriately when they should on the series. Well, that's good to note the, you know, it's good to note, you know, how regal each of them looked, especially on a day that they both will be valuing Mm -hmm. highly for at least the coming moments that we get to see on screen. There's additional splicing. We see the signing of the book, I'm guessing, with Soudens. At the same time, we see uh, the Anns get up to get up to taking the to take their sacrament. Yes, and with all the reverence uh, that 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 ceremony comes with for the two of them, you definitely get the seriousness and gravity of the moment in their faces and how it's shot and the score. And after the priest finishes his spiel and everyone gets up to take the communion or the sacraments, including our Anne's, as they walk up, Anne just has this look on her face as she's looking at baby gay Anne Walker of just like, wow, like not just like, look, I got a hot wife, but also like, look, that's about to be my wife. Like, Mm -hmm. I just I don't know how you feel about it, but that was the impression that I got from how Saran played the scene that she still kind of couldn't believe this was about to happen, but also kind of like or at least the vibe seemed proud. Like, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on her expression? No, I think you've wrapped it up correctly. It's the reason why we see most grooms cry, at, especially after their wife is walking down the aisle. But that's the wife being apart and them seeing oh, the groom for the first time actually, that's in a, the dress. That's a hella good point. Hella good. So that's, I mean, because they hope that what they're going to hear is an I do from the wife. I mean, that's all the family is there. I like, do. it's Right. It's the worst place to kind of get dumped at. So it's like there's a lot riding on everything going smoothly during this event. Money has been spent. There have been deposits that will not be refunded, uh, catered uh, things like 
things are places and you are literally just you're just a vessel that's 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 looking to be completed by the one who said that they would they would take this journey with you so it's Anne Lister and Anne Walker and I mean it's almost like going all the way back to episode one where you know you would you went from I was just passing to taking this the sacrament like wow yeah I get the idea that Anne Lister in that moment is feeling the weight of like her journey that ultimately she identified pretty early in her life that she wanted a wife, that she wanted a lady partner. And so, as we know, and we've cried, we've sobbed, we've gone through agony in this series and just like reading the diary entries of Ann Lister and just how this has been essentially a two-decade affair of her figuring this out and so many moments of like, this is the end or you're never going to get what you want. That time we read those diary entries in the show where she was like, well, going into the new year single, bitch, and I guess that's what's going to be. I guess that's what I'm going to be. I guess I'm just going to be here single because I can't deal with women, all right? And we always knew that was temporary for Ann Lister, but even still, for all the self-doubt that she's had, you know, for how confident she was about Ann Walker, we do know that she got to that point where she was like, you were so close. And we do know that she cried with Mariana, even though she tried to choke back those tears and she was like, I just thought she said yes. And so for for her to be able to stand there and look and take it in and and Walker's not even aware of probably what she's taking in because she's dealing with her own mind of like, oh my God, I'm about to do it, about to take the sacrament. But yeah, I just love those little stolen looks from Ann Lister to Ann Walker from when they're first walking into the church mm-hmm. to every last look she grabs while they're in the church. And then we watch them uh, as they advance to the front where the pulpit is. Um, they kneel with the rest of the participants in the sacrament. Yeah, it feels pretty intimate. I mean, it's a sacrament, so it is. If you, if it matters to you, if it's right, important, right, that right, shit is right. intimate as fuck. So, like, they're still seeing splicing. The music is not doing night and day stuff. Like, it's one sweeping score about like the weight of the day. Right, right, and. <gasps> Now, I would have to read, uh, sorry, I, this was me having a realization, but I'd have to rewatch to see if it happens at the same time. But I feel like them kneeling on, kneeling to take the sacrament is kind of lined up when we go back to the Hat Children with them signing the books. And I wonder if that's meant to be a visual parallel of like how these marriages are being solidified. For oh, the Hats, right. it's like, by this signing this book and it's is. official, right. right? But for Anne and Anne, it's about a commitment of the heart and the right. soul and so the spirit. This is my pledge to God. Oh! This is her pledge to God. We both it's 5 did pledges to God no, together. It's 6 I can't cry right now. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It's, it is 6, sir. And that's how you know we back doing this bullshit because it is 6 a.m. And I'm pretty sure the last time we have been in the studio till 6 a.m., it was for fucking... It was for Dallin Jack. Right? No, it was. Likely. No, no, it yeah, was. It yeah. was. Uh, all right. Let's try to stop gushing long enough to get through this goddamn thing. I already know this episode is going to be like three fucking hours. But at the same time, are you guys really surprised? <sighs> There's a lot of feelings, a lot to be said. So they eat of the body. They drink of the blood. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. What they do? No, this is me saying sorry to the listeners. I'm not. Oh. It was just the way you said it. They eat a drink. It just set me. It set me. But it's, but it's, it's part of so. like. It, well, I guess it depends on how you how you look at it. What people say. Right. Like, I'm however, your uh, churches associate 
the communion and how that practice is followed but but they do the thing yeah they they, they do the damn they thing do it. right and they you know take a beat they they sit with what just happened wait you can't go over the the pinky touching they do walk back to the seats but as they get close to the seats oh, the pinkies yes. linger ever much closer and i feel like that's such a gay thing to do like depending on where you are and like how many hats they, are around they can feel the heat you it's, <laughs> it's literal proximity right. the closer you get you actually right. can feel that heat that energy and and sometimes a little, a little pinky hold is all you need to feel the entire intimacy of whatever moment it is. And I just love it because you can tell. And I love the way the the, the score completely stops when yes. they sit down. And just like the characters and the real life women, they're left to sit with this new reality. Just like let it wash over them. We are, let it sink in. We are the We're Walker wives. Listers. Right. We're wives. You said the Walker Listers. I let you uh, put the Walker first. Walkers. We wives, bitch. <laughs> Georgian wives. And so after they're on the pew for a few beats, considering and absorbing the new reality, they both slowly turn their heads to look at each other at the same time. And they smile because, again, I feel like they're like, bitch, we did it. We did it. It's been a lot. It's been a lot since we first met. A lot of time has passed. A lot of drama has ensued. But we've done it and we're fucking wives. And I could cry. I still could not fathom that I would get this kind of an ending with the story. Like, it, it, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm shocked speechless right hopeful you gave me the sweeping shots and the kiss on the hill by the sunken pit with the flooded tunnels and then you gave me a carriage ride where they were adorned and adoring each other and And an ann walker willing to risk it all no one can convince me that she wasn't like we could do it right here in the bugatti before we go to church but whatever and i was like but we're about to take the sacrament anyway let me stop with my games so let's try to close out this episode so after that we cut back to the straight couples the the head's got a hat and oh i don't know what they do oh wait they i know washington yeah Yeah. he gets he gets a clue and maybe sally will follow up on this in series two maybe she won't i i don't really care either way i'm just being honest but basically uncle ben who can't keep his jibs quiet gotta run his jibs he mentions when Washington talks to him or mentions to him about the daddy taking off and discovering that in a letter that evidently Ben wrote. And Ben was like, bitch, I can't, I can't write, bitch. I can't, I can't spell. I can't write. <laughs> I can't write. And so Ben just, he walks the fuck off. He's like, bitch, I'm illiterate. So thank you so much. It wasn't me. And leaves Washington scratching his head. It's like, herder, I wonder what's going on here. By the same time, I'm like, do you really got to scratch your head? Like, why do we even care where this alcoholic domestic violence doer has done or gone? We shouldn't care, Washington. I mean, you are right. Because unless he's doing some harm to some woman, we shouldn't care. We shouldn't care. And then finally, after the scene, we're back to our wives. And Anna's trying to plan their next steps because couples got a couple. And of course, Anne doing what Anne always does is like, um, you know, we should pop in and just tell everybody so they know what we did. And Anne Walker's like, all right, Anne, listen, you are already on what you're always on. And I'm here to tell you not today. Like, I'm not saying that we won't do these things that you're saying, but not not today and not right now. Like, no, like you want me to go and, and you want to go and meet, meet my aunts and tell all of our cousins and stuff that, you know, you're moving out or whatever. Like, I get why you want to do that, but let's actually get my things and let's actually put my things in your in your house so that we could just already just be together. Right. So the minute they're out of the church, Anne is on her agenda. She has a list of things to do. And that, of course, includes informing the whole of everyone. <laughs> I think in all of Yorkshire, like everywhere that British people exist. And it's like, we got to tell all them people, especially your people, your auntie, your cousins, everybody, that we are now wifing together and that you'll be moving in with me 
and doing all the gay things. And and Walker's like, yeah, I know, but not today. And Anne's like, yeah, but I like to get to Kraken. When the Kraken is good, she's like, I know, I know you do. In fact, do you remember that time that I was like, I don't want to go to Miss Priestley's. Mm-hmm. And you were like, we should go to Miss Priestley's. And then and we went anyway out. and it yeah. was horrible. It was awful. It didn't work. Nothing that you said would happen happened. Yeah, so I have a better idea. If you can't remember what my energy was in the carriage ride before we got to the church for the sacrament, if you don't remember how I was ready to risk it all, if you don't know how thirsty I've been since I came back from Scotland, there are rules. There are things that should be adhered to Anne. When people get married and the honeymoon phase is part of it, ma'am. So we cannot jaunt over to the Rawsons, the Edwards, or the Priestleys right away because there's things to do in the boudoir. And after we take care of the things happening in the boudoir, we can get all my shit. Well, not all my shit because I got too much shit for Shibden. But you know, the shit that can fit. And then after we settle in and get some grubbles going for a decent amount of time, settle into that, we can let everybody know that we're gay wives now living together, doing things as wives. Super gay. And it was a beautiful statement because, you know, after listening and Lister's drinking it all in, like, you, you know, that, that actually works. You know, I'm I'm actually totally fine with you getting your stuff in and moving in like that. I And you're right. You have too much shit for a little <laughs> And then uh, she digs in her uh, pocket to, I guess, capture the moment in which she's like, wow. I guess it's for a journal entry later. Or just clocking how long it took her to walk from the church to where she was right now. I think it was oh, just that right. kind of mind. That is true. How many jaunty paces have I taken? Like, where are we right now? When will we get home? Like, I feel like that was her energy. And she says, not just a pretty face. <laughs> to which her wife is like, oh, it's, it's cute. And not just a pretty face, bitch. Well, first of all, you know I'm not just a pretty face. <laughs> she's like, are you being patronizing? And Anne was like, no. And didn't I tell you, like, haven't I been said that you need to have a better opinion of yourself and then walker's like bitch i already said that i do with you that's not the point i still know when you're being patronizing because what you just said it feels like it qualifies and then uh yeah she tells her to put her watch away also watch put she's your defending, watch away right while she's defending her uh the fact that she feels fantastic when she's with ann lister and that this response has nothing to do with her feeling badly about herself because that isn't a thing when she's with her bae this is about ann being ann quite frankly <laughs> <laughs> and her calling her on that shit so Anne is of course trying to squirrel out of whatever's happening because she's like I don't uh, what, uh, is this <laughs> like I don't I don't know why this is happening but uh so but the watch does go get put away it does it does and- no she listened to her wife and I was like look at this you guys have been married for 6.7 seconds and you're already acting like mm-hmm. an old married couple I love mm-hmm. it I love it yeah so of course Anne Walker is like look I told you I feel tops of the pops pops of the top the best when I'm with you that's not the issue I still know when you're being patronizing I still know when you're trying to do your little jokes and I caught you and of course from Ann Lister at this point we hear her last line essentially and it is the title of this episode and she says to Ann Walker well you are very pretty (laughs) in a certain light and she's like in a certain light bitch bitch that's not what your face said in the carriage an hour ago see well that's how I that would be my energy for Ann Lister. But of course, they continue to keep bickering until Ann Lister says the titular line. Uh, are you still talking? Yes. She's like, I can't believe you said that shit. I can't believe you're actually playing these games. But also, I like to have these little bickering matches with you because they're fun. And then, yes, this, the episode ends with, sorry, are you still talking? And then we laugh. We throw our heads back in laughter. We go, oh, my God, look at how cute and adorable this is. You guys. You guys, how does anyone see them walking down that Halifax road and not go, look at those married bitches? I've never seen two people more <laughs> married than those women right there. It makes you think that of all the times where we've seen Ann Lister talk to, well, address, speaking aloud to herself, 
like when she's saying the journal entries out loud, except for one special time where Anne Walker notices Anne Lister addressing us. And she's like, wait, what are you, what are you looking at? What are, what? <laughs> where it's clear to us that she can hear what Anne Lister is saying, even though Anne Lister is just journaling or thinking aloud to us, the audience. So the not just a pretty face, but she's like, you know, I can hear you, right? Like, it's like maybe she was saying it to Too us. Cute. And Anne Walker, since she's in union, with the listeners like what do you mean not just pray face are you being patronized like she can hear her she's that world that ann lister used to have by herself is now a shared world with ann walker who is now aware of all of these little internals that ann lister is usually able to do with no one else to tread in that that realm with her so it's it's fun it's fun to see this going on it's fun i feel like we should save our wants and thingamabobs for a future episode because this is already long enough but we just close out i guess with our final thoughts on this episode final um, um sentiments statements what have you i will say that as it's been said maybe not here but in places that um, as far as entertainment for the non-hets, that this piece of work raises the bar as far as expectations are concerned. If you tell me that there's a girl and there's another girl and there's a potential for there to be a passion, emotion, and coitus, I'm going to want a happy ending now. Because um, we see that it can be written and we see that it can get the treatment that it deserves. We saw the swooping shots. We saw it. It can be done and no one was harmed for it. You know what I mean? I mean, if you want to kill a man, you can do that too. But what I mean is if there's a potential for there to be a non-het pairing for these two lovely ladies to get there happily ever after and it be dramatic with the swell of the orchestra and everything, give it to me. It doesn't hurt to to not give it it to me. me. I don't know. Some people are anti-misandry and maybe it does hurt them (laughs) to give those seeds. I don't fucking know because otherwise why do we get so much shit content? But I agree. Gentleman Jack has definitely raised the bar for queer content in general I would say across mediums. Whether it's film or TV because a good story is a good fucking story and part of what makes Gentleman Jack so beautiful is that it is given the same romantic cinematography framing treatment as the most sweeping romantic head stories that have been made time and time again regurgitated and then made all over again for the 18th time and so just objectively as a piece of entertainment I'm like fuck yeah like this is the bar and I've already said to people like there's a new bar for queer content and Sally Wainwright did that with the BBC it is what it is argue with somebody else argue with your priest and argue with me because those are my fucking feelings and until you find until someone else can point me to another piece of content that treats the story and the characters as well as the actors and crew with so much care as we know that there were sensitivity people on set there were choreographers to help with the different sex scenes like they didn't just have people out there treading water treading queer water without any information to be like well just do what you think is right because there's been enough people who have walked into productions that way and it has been horrible for those of us who have seen them and I suppose on a personal level as someone who I feel like I've gotten to know Ann Lister really well because we've had the privilege to read her private thoughts her private diary anytime we wanted to because of how it was preserved and that is a certain kind of gift especially when you're looking at historical queer like Ann Lister and for me what rings most true about this final episode and what's happened with her and Ann Walker is that it's the ultimate juxtaposition to her experience with 
with Mariana, which is also why I said, I don't know if that Mariana would be on the mind. I feel like it would be too consuming for her to think about Mariana. Like, I feel like she would think about Mariana eventually. Like maybe when she's by herself collecting her thoughts and doing her entry, but not in that moment because Ann Walker is doing too much of the absolute opposite of what Mariana did at every turn in which this happened, just in the way that I feel like Mariana often used the phrase, I love you as a weapon. She used it to gaslight. She used it to disarm or to try and make Anne feel like, well, what you just said is invalidated because I love you. I do. And even though I just said this shitty thing, it's because I love you, though. And I'm just being honest with you. Like, none of those women want to sleep with you, though, right? Like, oh, I still am mad that Mariana yeah, said that, that because it was, was so unnecessary. It was so hurtful and so unnecessary. And so the fact that we are getting, you know, this reverse polarity of toxicity with Anne Walker in terms of how she expresses her love to Anne Lister, how she says it and what the intent behind that. But then also the reality of what we know about Blackstone Edge and the three steps business right. is that Ann Walker was theoretically in the same kind of state that she was in when she got back from her travels to see her aunt. She was disheveled. Curls were not curled. In fact, there was mess. There were wispies about. She had her great coat. She wasn't looking the most feminine. And Mariana lost her shit. She was like, this three steps. I can't deal with it. Here you come to the carriage, super masculine, just jaunting through. Hair's not neat and I can't deal with you. And you juxtapose that with the reality of Ann Walker seeing Ann Lister at the most unkempt and I guess arguably masculine or non-feminine in the way that the Georgian era would say that we've seen her in the entire show. And Ann Walker doesn't miss a beat. She doesn't care. She's like, this is my Ann. This is actually, and I would even say that she's like, you've looked most yourself, like in terms of like, you know, how together she is when she's ultimately not together dealing with Ann Walker because she's a lot going on. Her outside appearance replicated her inside appearance in terms of what was happening in her life. And she was accepted anyway by Ann Walker and loved anyway. And that is the literal exact opposite of everything she's had prior with Mariana. So for me, it was a great bookend. I know it is a life bookend, even though they take certain liberties, fiction liberties with the story. Still, it is a bookend that Mariana did her thing. She had her moment with Anne, but at the end of the day, Anne was able to wife up a bitch that was everything Mariana couldn't be and said, furthermore, didn't exist. So I could go on for three more hours, but I'm not. I'm not because this is already three hours. I just wanted to say I will elaborate more on that and whatever our next episode is. Oh, I guess historical nightcap. Yeah. But I just wanted to get that out because it, it really strikes me the poetry of the bookends of this series and just like how everything's come together. It's just so beautiful, you guys. I'm so grateful for Gentleman Jack. <laughs> no, but seriously, like this. This is one of the things that definitely kept me sane. And I was not anticipating connecting to a story like this. And it hooked me from the Ruta to the Tuna. Like, I've, I'm still waiting for the rest of these pages to be uh, decoded so I could just As get they are more. in process, yeah. Right. People are working on all kinds of decodings. And one day I will be able to answer the question, how many times Dolph and Lista write about grubbling? How many times is she grubbling this year? And people say, Candace, those are useless facts. And I'm like, are they? One day they might be a Jeopardy question. Speak for yourself. That's so, true. you know, gay Jeopardy, whatever. It should be a thing. And so, yes, I'm going to try to leave it here because I could, I could gush forever. But at some point we have to stop and put it on pause and then resume at a later time. But damn, if I did not enjoy the season finale, episode eight, are you still talking of Gentleman Jack? Like, I don't even know if people know. Yeah, no, because it was it was incredible. Sophie Wendell, every fucking body. The actress who plays the queen. You are phenomenal. That top energy. Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I'm going to look up her name in the next episode. Embrace the future. Because that was what that's what you call peak MILF supremacy. 
Right. And I've been trying to explain to people that what men seem to think happens with aging is the fucking reverse with women. They simply continue to ascend to new heights of incredibleness. And so what we were seeing with that actress, that thespian who was portraying the queen, was MILF supremacy. Sophie... A grubble. G-R-A with the accent B-O with the dash through L. Oh! Well, we found out her name and she is Danish, which one might expect. And yes, she's over 50. So as I said, MILF supremacy. Mm -hmm. Fix yourself. Learn something, people out there. I don't know what is going on with this propaganda, but it must be reversed. And I am on, at the very least, a one-woman mission to educate everyone about the MILF supremacy so they can have the appropriate reverence for every last bitch who is in that category. Anyways. I can't say for sure that I've never cried during a recap, but the tears I shed tonight were not tears of exhaustion. They were tears because we were in penultimate extreme moments of like elation and and those real tears are still on the patreon for when you first watch the episode (laughs) just because you got your shit together now just because you've seen it now for the i don't know this was probably like our 26th time watching this episode i don't know it's been a lot but that first time had you fucked up had you real fucked up and that is on the patreon for all to see all right bitch it is late as fuck or the early, sun, depending. That part, that part, <laughs> that part. I am pretty sure sunrise is what has happened. It's the sun is out. Mm-hmm. That thing is happening. And well, you know, feels good to be back in Gentleman Jack Crack. That's exactly what it is when we These are Gentleman Jack Crack like, hours. That is we, true. You know, really, we come in here like 8, 9, 10, and then we are still here until Lower. morning of the right. next day. Mm-hmm. But shit, y'all, we made it. We finally made it to the end <laughs> recap of episode 8. And to those of you that have been patient, that have waited around, that still give a fuck about our opinion on episode 8, we still love and appreciate you. We are sorry it's taken that long, but we hope you enjoy these ridiculous hours of us recapping these two wives. I was about to say something else, but I'm like, they're wives now. They're married. That's that's what we're doing. We are thriving in this fictional universe. I mean, is anyone doing it better than the ants? I don't think so. I heard somebody whisper and say the Fosters. No, they're not. (laughs) What? (laughs) The Fost? Look. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're not. That's ridiculous, but... All right. You know what? I'm feeling squirrely. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I've lost track of my statements at least three dozen times in the past 20 minutes. So, Daddy-O, let's let's do the thing, I guess. Let's say goodbye. <laughs> Until next time. Alrighty, guys. A reminder that you can reach out to us at GentlemanJackCrack.com. Yeah, yeah. Our Insta is GentlemanJackCrack, all one word. And our Twitter, if you're feeling jaunty, is GentlemanCrack. You know, 100 million doses of uh, pick your... Pick 100 your million doses <laughs> of pick your vaccination has gone into effect and some restrictions are loosening and people are feeling willy-nilly and uh getting sir, a little too raunchy sir, crazy. miami is just closing down because of spring break too raunchy so what they're getting too right, raunchy right it's so, been a day it's been a day so we as a world are still trying to heal a little bit at a time and we just need people to do their best to you know slow the spread of misinformation Please. and lower your risk of mass infection. Yeah, and keep your fellow citizen and neighbor safer. If you'd like to support our show and the content, you can choose to do any of this following. You can rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 
Patreon. Love a good review. You can support our Patreon, which is available in our show notes. You can use a uh, coffee, K-O-F-I forward slash misandry, misandry to buy us the occasional cup of coffee. But you I can love my also uh, support the Network's Patreon, which will also be in the show notes, uh, which basically would be contributing towards us. helping Treat. us, you know, just upkeep and just like run in general. It's $3 and that's how that's what you, it is right that's that's just what it is and we appreciate everybody who will and who can donate absolutely we understand that times are rough and tough and tight for a lot of people so please make sure you take care of yourself and your needs first we definitely want to make sure that's happening and if you're not able to support monetarily that's why reviews are awesome head to apple reviews or wherever the fuck you listen to a podcast and that is just as viable to us as well yes so i'm gonna do a special shout out for those who have helped us offset overhead and with unexpected expenses like commuting and things of that nature and so i want to give a shout out to E. Cooper Stodden, Lauren Feldman, Anna Lavelle McDaniel. I didn't hear that last name. Anna Lavelle McDaniel. Thank you, Anna. (laughs) Uh, Barbara L. Burroughs. Barbara, you're awesome. Erica Ligren. Thank you, Erica. Theora Canonica. Theora! That's Dr. Theora. It sounds like Dr. Dr. Theora. Yes. Nora (laughs) Gallagher. I'm ridiculous. Deprived. And uh, I'm sorry, last, Nora. Nora Gallagher. Thank you so yes. much, Nora. And last and definitely not least, uh, Sarah Stigler. Sarah! OG Sarah. Seriously, guys, thank you so much for not abandoning the Patreon. We know it has been a wild selection of months where we have not been able to put out the content we have wanted to, but we have been building up content behind the scenes. It was just getting into the studio to record and then other personal family issues with the Brona and everything else made it feel and literally basically impossible. So we just want to express our sincerity Sincere, sincere, honestly, guys, gratitude. Yes. We're still trying to figure out something we could do to further express our gratitude besides us just saying this. But thank you so much for hanging around and helping us out with your support. We really, really do appreciate it. And of course, an extra special shout out to all of the essential workers who yeah. have been working nonstop throughout this pandemic, whether they are tipped, whether they are hourly, salary, everything that they do literally keeps us able to do what, what we, do. we do. Just like functioning in the world. Right. You guys are the shit. Well, all right, guys. Well, until our historical nightcap of episode eight, yeah. cue the jolting music. music. And you guys, we have wives. Our aunts are wives. They're married. They're in their fictional chomer that's actually real, but in my head it's still there. And they're doing what wives do. Okay? That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Yo! We're so lucky. All right, y'all. Till next time. Bye. Regency-era lesbians. Oh, my God.